The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations identifying the trends that will most likely disrupt their business and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also an adjunct faculty member of universities in the U.S. and Germany. With me in, for today's show is Robin Lincoln Wood, and our show will talk about his latest book, Synergize, 21st Century Leadership. Dr. Wood is a renowned strategist, futurist, communicator, and agent of transformation. He spent three decades working at board level with the world's largest organizations in 35 countries on four continents. He's deeply skilled in designing and catalyzing major shifts in large-scale systems and in inspiring and empowering the teams that deliver them. Robin's mission is to catalyze and support leaders and organizations and innovations that co-create a thriving global future. He does this as a keynote speaker, consultant to leaders, and the founder and leader of the Thrivability Foundation and Consortium. Dr. Wood is the inventor of Thrivability and author of several award-winning books. He's been a fellow at the Center for Management Development at the London Business School and the Institute for Coherence and Emergence in the U.S. So the goal of our show, the Voice America series, is to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that will enhance their skills, build their success, and ultimately help them become wiser leaders to prepare them to lead the organizations in the dynamic times we face. The more effective leaders we have, the better the journey. Also, I want to invite our global audience to find ways to work together peacefully and effectively across borders and boundaries, because in this global community, it isn't optional, and yet for many of us, we're still working out how to do that most effectively. So in addition to sharing models and experiences, I invite you to find one thing from each weekly show segment that you can put into practice in your leadership, either an activity or a conversation that builds your wisdom. So think about this. When was the last time you changed a leadership behavior in response to this dynamic environment? Are you experimenting with behaviors that will continually keep you up to date and improving, keeping ahead of that change curve? 
are you at risk of depreciating and becoming obsolete or even outdated? And so I really do encourage everyone listening to the show to try on the mind of the scientist in your leadership skills. What are you experimenting with? So this session, as a futurist and a leadership scholar, Robin worked for decades dedicated to the understanding of how leaders develop and transform their organization, communities, and ultimately the world to thrive. Today is the second in the series that we explore his latest book, Synergize, Leadership for the 21st Century. So Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Maureen. I'm, I'm here and, and, and with you. I appreciate that introduction. So today we're talking about your sixth book, Synergize, for the second interview. During the first interview, you mentioned the two frameworks for successful leadership in the 21st century. We discussed the first one, the six C's of developing organization. Let's review that briefly and then move on to the next discussion about the book. Okay, great. Sounds like a, a good starting point. So, um, yeah, I, you, you've posed a very good question here, which is um, basically two parts. One is, how can we help those aspiring to level five leadership redefine success for themselves and their organizations? And part B, how do you develop yourself as a leader? And that's where the four C's framework comes in. So what, I, what I'll do is, for the benefit of those that weren't in the previous call, without going to the same level of depth, I'll just recap what we said about the six C's and how they relate to the four C's. Yeah. So the six C's is very much a strategic framework. So it compresses the 30-odd years. My father was a CEO, so I started having boardroom conversations in, in his Mercedes uh, left-hand seat going to tennis on a Sunday morning, <laughs> talking about office politics and strategy and stuff and reading Peter Drucker when I was very young and found it all very fascinating. So I thought, yeah, I want to get into that world. But I always came at it from that strategic mindset. So the six C's is really starting with three C's that are outside in. There are things you can't control in life or in business. They hit you. There are shocks, surprises, sudden changes of fortune, and opportunities you never anticipated. So the key to me for strategy is to look at everything from a contextual basis. Some people call that holistic. Some people call it integrated. Others would say it's an instantaneous apprehension of the totality of the situation you're in right now. Yeah, And therefore, the ability of a leader to say, what we need to do in this context is dot, dot, dot. Now, that will definitely have, if it's strategic, implications for combinations of needs and possibilities that define your business model, how you source, transform, and take to market what you have to offer as a set of unique capabilities and competencies. And that then in turn requires you to deal with the constraints that are both man-made and natural constraints around your business and your business environment and your stakeholders. Increasingly today, stakeholders are demanding complete transparency and you as a leader are essentially naked which is quite scary for a lot of people. Yeah? It's up scary for me. With no clothes on and going, hello, people. Uh, well, that's, I haven't seen you like that before, boss. Where are your clothes? But, but essentially, it's like, like being the emperor without any clothes, and you can't BS people about anything anymore. They're, they're very savvy, very smart. And finally, uh, you know, once you've looked at that outside-in piece, you look inside-out. You say, well, okay, so given those 
that the context we're in, the combinations that we can play with and the constraints we have to master, how do we take the catalysts that we are as an organization and in our, now this is the beauty of the stakeholder approach, is your stakeholders can be catalysts as well for you, not just advocates, but they can actually help drive the change you seek around your organization, yeah, and in your organization. Not only that, the containers and platforms and the way in which you organize and, and go to market can be themselves a transformative. It's very difficult to transform an organization as many boards and CEOs have found out without that. Uh, because you've got to walk your talk in the marketplace. Every single thing is a conversation with every stakeholder. And if you're telling different stories in different places, you get found out, well, as we can see from the news in the last few weeks, you get found out straight away. I mean, there's, there's not even a second you have to adjust the story. And finally, your connections, which are the heart of the whole thing, because essentially the relationship capital you're building in your business and with your stakeholders is what holds it all together. And as soon as you lose trust in one or more of those key connections, you start losing your business and your livelihood and the livelihood of everyone around you. So it's an, an incredibly fragile, uh, but yet incredibly opportunity rich environment we're living in today. So how does that deal with, with becoming a level five leader? So do you tell well, us how that helps us become a level yeah, five leader. Yeah, how do you deal with all that complexity and create the coherence that enables people to be generative, as we talked about in the last call. So, Robin, here's a question for you. Seriously, does the organization help me become a level five leader or does level five leadership come first and then I change my organization? Well, from my perspective, I would always say that if you start, if you take the six E's model seriously and you start with context, it, it's the context, not just the organization. But remember, you're, you're, you're operating in a place, in a space, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which, which has millennia of unexamined assumptions around it, whether it's the Pittsburgh steel mills that are, are rusting right now or the, the go-go boom towns in Silicon Valley or uh, the crazy things going on in China where, I mean, just amazing fortunes being built up overnight almost. Uh, but yet, you know, some concern around the greenness of all that. So the, those are totally different contexts. And you cannot apply one universal flat world Tom Friedman approach to thinking about strategy in that. The key to strategy and to being a great leader is that what you do is a unique contribution. It's unique socially. It's unique environmentally. And it's, it has a unique footprint. And therefore... You can't generalize too much. You can say a few things about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Yeah, principle level, level five leadership principles. But you can't beyond that create a one-size-fits-all story, as most management fads have done. And much to the uh, regret and, shall I say, um, uh, the, the integrity of, of leadership itself as a theory, as a, a field of practice. So if we assume level five is strategist or yellow in spiral dynamics, at that level, I should be taking context into account. That, that's where you have to start every time because you are but a small piece in a very, very, very big, fast-moving puzzle. 
It just it's an interesting question for me and I, I don't know that there is an answer. Who do I develop because I'm in an environment that's complex or is it because I'm complex that I'm creating a more complex environment? I would start with the environment. The environment okay. and and this is my observation when we'll, when we'll talk about the seven crucibles in the next question in question 2. I called them seven crucibles deliberately when I started Renaissance 2 and read the book, The Great Shift Catalyzing the Second Renaissance, now to eight years ago. Uh, literally, I was writing it in San Francisco the day I started writing it the day Barack Obama was elected president for the first time. Mm. <laughs> At Chip Connolly's Waterside Inn, where Chip talks about the Maslow mojo uh, in his business, which is quite interesting. But the thing is that... Um, I felt the shift, you know, I, I thought I've got to write about this because this is so big. It's like Mandela, you know, becoming president of South Africa in 1994. This is a big shift. Mm -hmm. And of course, you've seen an equally big uh, backlash against the big shift, the great shift. Yeah. Which is a sign the great shift is penetrating parts that it previously didn't reach. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. That, so let's not go there yet. Let's talk about the four C's of developing yourself as a okay. leader. All right, so let's talk about the four C's. So having illustrated the six C's of strategy and context setting, now the question is how do I, me, this little tiny piece of a massive jigsaw puzzle, how do I subsume myself in that context with those combinations, constraints, catalysts, containers, and connections, and actually resonate out that strategy into the field of my organization and its business ecosystem? Yeah. And society as a whole. I was gobsmacked watching Mark Zuckerberg address the Harvard alumni yesterday and what he said about a new social contract. I mean, this guy isn't thinking small. We just want to make more money out of Facebook ads. Now he's thinking, how do I create a whole new world vision like JFK did? But he's not a politician. So here's Zuckerberg creating the vision for the future with the millennials. He's, he's, he's right in his context and it's global. Uh, it's very clear, and if you take a look at the Synergize, Project Synergize, Facebook, and, and uh, well, the posts there today that I took out of that, and it's the 100th anniversary of what JFK would have been 100 today. So, uh, Gemini, like myself, wanted it to, and did change the world. But, we're, you know, we're the JFKs of today. They're level five and beyond leaders like Zook and others wearing T-shirts. I mean, it, this, this is a different world we're living in, yeah? The men in ties are the suspects. <laughs> <laughs> to many people they are and to others they provide a sense of continuity and stability hey and i still have i kept all my ties from you know all the years of running including the old ones my dad gave me in the beginning when i was becoming a young leader uh, to wear ties in his old suits suitably tailored by my mother to fit me <laughs> and i hung out in those places and learned to be a guy in a suit with a tie for many years <laughs> And now you're a guy without a signature. I, I look here. Yeah, it's the open neck shirt. I'm, I've still got the button done up though, so I'm respecting Titan without you know too much obeisance to that. So come back to the four C. So I'm a leader. I want to subsume myself and resonate in this situation, so that all my stakeholders and the whole ecosystem and even life itself feels our presence. Yeah, as an organization, and you don't have to be a big organization to do that. That's the beauty of it, because today we have this global noosphere where you can subsume yourself and resonate. And if you hit the right key and, and the right harmony with what's going on and what's needed, you can go 
and I hate the expression go viral because a virus is a horrible thing, right, generally speaking. But you can go very fast and very far, yeah, way beyond your wildest dreams. So I always start with the upper left quadrant of what we call integral science or integral practice, which is consciousness, my consciousness. And I think of myself in three ways. I think, first of all, what perspective am I looking at this through? What lens am I looking at this context through? Okay, so now we've got context the six C's over here, and now the four C's, I'm looking at the six C's and myself as part of that system. And I'm saying, am I being mindful of what's what matters? Yeah. Number one, am I, am I really seeing the big picture or am I just self-contracting into a little bubble which makes me feel safe, which a lot of people do under stress, totally understandable, you want to feel safe. The courage of the leader, especially beyond level fives, to say, you know what, there is no safe space. I'm totally vulnerable. I could be shot. I could be killed, run over by a bus tomorrow, right? Could die of a heart attack any minute. I'm, you know, I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing because this is my purpose. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, we come to purpose and intent. And uh, there's so much about purpose out there today. And in fact, Zook's new uh, Facebook um, purpose is to enable everybody in the planet to live their purpose. And is, when when we talk about millennials especially, they seem to be more in touch with the sense of purpose. They, they demand it. Because in chaos, the only constant is you and your purpose. I so mean, on, on that note, yeah. let's go to break and we'll come back and talk more about consciousness and the four C's with Robin Lincoln Wood. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf and Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. 
Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're joining Maureen Metcalf and Robin Lincoln-Wood talking about his book, Synergize, and we're talking specifically now about the four C's of leadership. So, Robin, you were talking about consciousness. Let's continue that conversation. Great. Thanks, Maureen. Yes. So, just to come back to that thread, the golden thread for me is purpose, but I think purpose uh, without understanding what it is you're serving and what you're being part of, the much bigger thing that purpose enables you to be part of, like the classic phrase that we all probably know by now around the world, which is when the you know the guy walking around uh, the, the space shuttle facility in Florida asked the guy who's sweeping the floor what he was doing. He said, "I'm helping you know send send people in space, you know, and advance the human race," mm-hmm. because that guy was sweeping the floor, but he had a sense of purpose. He was part of something much bigger and exciting than himself. And um, so if you take that that sense of purpose and that sense of service to something bigger than yourself, what we call stewardship in the last call, which is a very beautiful, it's a very beautiful space to be in when you know that what you're doing and everything that you're saying, thinking and being is of service to, to something bigger. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, aligned with you. So that's fantastic. So then, then you've got to go to the right-hand side of the integral matrix to the the personal exterior to look at behavior because our consciousness and our behavior are in fact never separated. Right? They're always one and the same thing. But mm-hmm. consciousness, I believe, precedes behavior. Contrary to all the cognitive science that we hear that says, and the depressing book like Homo Deus by Harari which is a New York Times bestseller, read it if you want to be depressed because he's a determinist, he's a materialistic determinist. He says, hey, we haven't got free will. Well, hey, no, I beg to disagree with you. (laughs) We have an incredible amount of free will. It's the moment between one thought and another, as Krishnamurti said, it's that beautiful space, a pause, a choice moment, right? Where we can actually be aware of it all and go, what's the right thing to do here? And go inside and as a great leader, sense that that right rightness yeah that, that. but there's an assumption i think that if i am conscious i have choice if i'm unconscious no choice absolutely and that's that's where conscious evolution is is critical is that mindfulness that one develops in that sense of of um intentional awareness of the yeah, instantaneous apprehension of what going on right now in this context and my, my own role in that then is, is that third person perspective we love to talk about right in leadership that I'm looking down on the situation and I'm just a piece of the puzzle and now I'm looking at what do I need to bring to the situation not only that but how can I develop myself and others in body in a heart mind and spirit uh, through self-culture nature and, and our purpose in this organization yeah so we see the connectedness of everything, but it doesn't descend to the level of 
a an anodyne new age we're all one kind of blah 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 throwaway line right <laughs> soundbite because it really is just a soundbite people and, and i'm sure those who are more activists like myself and pragmatists who want to get things done just get tired of people talking about that without doing anything you know uh, or doing very little mm -hmm. so okay so we go to that capability piece so now i'm in action now i'm on the balcony as heifetz puts it and now I'm, I'm kind of, okay, I'm, I'm aware of everything, I'm taking it all in, I'm going with the flow here, but I'm also shaping the flow as a level five leader, subtly, through my own presence, yeah, and my purpose, mm -hmm. and my connections with the others. Now I'm, I'm thinking two other things, I'm thinking culture and I'm thinking creations, yeah. Cultures are our collective interior, so... We live out of our culture. We can't help it like a fish lives in water, right? And the hard part is we're like a fish out of water and we feel like we can't breathe because we're in an alien environment, which is increasingly the case. And then we go, whoa, what does is, what is this big strategic leader do now in this alien space or place? How do you react to that when you're out of water, number one? And then, and then how do you use the creations you're creating and I like to think of creatorship rather than leadership here, the systemic, social, political, economic, social, technological frames that you're in, right? And the earth itself and life itself. How do you, how do you direction through your presence, through these four C's, not being artificially disconnected from what you're operating on? So we're not just an observer observing and intervening in the system, which is classic systems thinking, but we're actually at a higher level, we're always and never apart from the whole system, yeah? Mm -hmm. So we are all one. It's, it's a highly dynamic, volatile, disruptive, uh, transformative environment where you're, you're just saying, how can we increase our generativity here? How can we make more options available to more people how can we make purpose be more real to more people and, and get them to live their purpose and align that as a stakeholder with what we're doing? And also recognize that a lot of people aren't going to agree with you necessarily. Yeah, they're going to come from a different place, a different perspective. Fair enough. That's what we want, right? As a level five leader, I want to hear different perspectives so I can come up with a more robust solution. Well, you certainly need to entertain as many perspectives as possible without suffering massive indigestion. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not asking everyone on the <laughs> planet what they think. I'm asking my circle that's invited into this conversation very specifically because they have a point of view that's different than mine that I need to integrate. Exactly. exactly. When you're dealing with polarities, and this is the leadership, all the most important strategic decisions revolve around dilemmas where both poles of the dilemma, the rock and the whirlpool, are equally valid. And you have to navigate through the compromise and conflict to the synergy zone, which is mm -hmm. what the book Synergize is all about, is how do I navigate that elegantly? Because you're going to hit you know, rapids and rocks and whirlpools in this journey, and you're going to have to navigate them elegantly. Um, and, and that it, therein lies a you know a lifetime of learning and development. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is easier to write about it than be it. 
<laughs> at least for me. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's true of everybody. Writing is, is for me, my great luxury. And uh, then, uh, then I, I've got to be back in action because, you know, what's the point of writing mm -hmm. something if, if the world is going to shift in some way for the good? So are we ready to go then to the to the next question that talks about your book, The Great Shift, as a lead-in, by the way, um, well, that you wrote perfect. in 2009? Yeah. Uh, you, you sketched out the big vision for the future and human civilization, no small undertaking, by the way, uh, for 2050. How close do you think we are in actually realizing that vision? Well, the funny thing is I revisited that vision today, uh, going through a couple of dozen PowerPoint presentations and speeches I've given in the last nine years, so, well, 10 years since I came up with the original vision. And I remember the moment, it was in San Francisco, again, one of the transformative meetings I was in. I was holding a meeting in the Greenest Hotel in California, uh, deliberately, with uh, about 20 of my most revered mentors from Stanford, uh, the Global Business Network founder, Napier Collins, he brought along a bunch of serious futurists. And I asked a very simple question. I said, you know, what's, what's, the, planet, what's the future of the planet going to look like in 2050? Uh, and what are your three major concerns and your three major hopes? And, you know, sort of that sort of session. And we, we, we brainstormed mm -hmm. for a couple of hours. And uh, one of the guys in the room was doing a massive wall chart for the World Business Council for Sustainable Development on Vision 2050. And Bob Horn, lovely man, uh, said, well, will you come back to my place and I'll show you this whole chart. And it had all these pathways to the future, to 2050, mapped out by a top team of global executives, uh, every major industry on the planet. So I was telling Max to Bob, that's, that's just amazing. You know, I don't want a copy of that. And I started thinking, well, you know, if these guys have got their head around this, What's missing? What needs to be added? What needs to be integrated, most importantly? Because an industry perspective is valid. It's useful. If I'm running Unilever and I'm Paul Polman, I, I've got to be you know, competitive in my industry. I still, still have to meet that, that requirement as a minimum. Um, so uh, I, I began thinking, and I came up with six what I called crucibles, or seven, in fact, if you included the integral governance piece. So I'll just very briefly talk to you about that and how those have transformed into the six pathways in Synergize. After another 10 years of working with those pathways, there were eight, eight or nine of them in the original uh, WBCD Vision 2050. So um, I'll start with where the order that basically we, we uh, used in the, the book Synergize. So first of all, I said, well, what we need fundamentally is more conscious evolution and more wiser cultures uh, and enlightened enterprises. Those are the three crucibles I identified as being key and which map beautifully to people's values, human development and the economy in the uh, WBCSD profile, right? So I then went through every single thing. I'm not kidding you. I'm very thorough. I've done global scenarios for years, so I like the detail. And I thought, well, is this valid? Are these things they're predicting and saying we must do, for example, there were must-haves mm -hmm. by 2020? Uh, can we meet that? So that's how I, I approached this whole thing. Um, now, when I look at that and I look at where we are today, you wouldn't be surprised for me to say, well, you know what? 
we've gone a lot further in a a number of areas than I imagined we ever could. And that Mm -hmm. that WBCSD thing looks dated in what they were, they're aiming for. And at another level, I'm really frustrated, which is one of the reasons I I started Project Synergize and wrote the book. I'm really frustrated how slowly we're able to change people. And of course, as you know, you can't change anybody. They have to change themselves. So you can create a container, a catalyst, you can use any of those six C's and the four C's frameworks to look at. How do I, because individual people are difficult, aren't they sometimes? They're very stubborn. They're very attacked. They're also complicated, right? We've got goals and visions, but we've also got fears and histories and the psychology or the uh, chemicals that run our bodies. We have this enormous amount of untapped potential, which is locked up in our shadow. Yeah. And so the thing I learned in the last 10 years was, hey, yeah, it's good to go towards the light and make, make the world a lighter, more enlightened place. But if you don't deal with that dark side and unleash that potential, get people to realize it's a fantastic learning opportunity. So from a level five leadership perspective, it's the one thing I've, I've had to mature dramatically about because in the beginning I was so much more hoping that we could just shed more light on everything and the darkness would disappear. But if the darkness is, yeah, exactly, it's part of you and it's unconscious. That's the tricky bit. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's where this conscious, unconscious, I have choice comes in. The more that sits in my unconscious, the actually the less choice I have. I think I'm making a choice, but I'm not. Well, exactly. And that, that you know, that brings us to uh, what we might end up in the next session talking about, which is the six pathways. So I took these six crucibles, renewable energy, resilient habitats, enlightened enterprises, human well-being, conscious evolution, and why is it called strata thought? And I made, a, I made a massive map. I said, if I was designing the second renaissance, how would I take every single piece of knowledge the human race has and integrate it? And I've got all that work still here on big charts and stuff. And we had lots and lots of workshops at Renaissance too, and events with hundreds of the most enlightened leaders I could find, trying to engage business with spiritual people, with you know, everybody. I mashed them all together into a mesh work and really went for it uh, with, with dozens of millennials, by the way, which was, was fantastic. So I had a core team of people for a number of years, but being volunteers, I had to pay some, you know, pay some people. So you, you, you eventually you run out of energy funding and, and the opportunity over three or four years changes. Yeah. The challenge morphed to thrivability because I realized that we didn't have a single integrated formula that I could explain hmm. in a couple of paragraphs to leaders, which is why I wrote a leader's guide to thrivability. And that book goes in great detail into that formula called the Thrivability Equation, which informs how we make those choices we were talking about. Um, because it's all very well to say, well, we want a better world. We use less fossil fuels, do this, solar panels over here, and you know, green buildings over there, and, and um, mobility as a service over here, and autonomous vehicles, and a million and one great things that just came out of Sustainable Brands Conference in Detroit this week, for example. I watched the live cast. If anybody's out there, watch it. It's really good stuff. The thing is, it's not integrated. Everybody's doing their own thing in their own industry, in their own company. Mm-hmm. I'm a hero on a hero's journey. And that's not level five leadership. Level five leadership is much more big picture. You know, Paul Pullman doesn't do any of that bullshit. 
excuse my, my French, but I was very unimpressed when I first met Paul Pullman. I thought, hey, I'll... I heard about this dynamic guy changing Unilever and stepping up to doubling his revenue and halving his environmental and social impact, negative impact. Oh, you must be quite a force like a Richard Branson or somebody really fiery and, you know, eloquent. And he was this very plain spoken Dutchman who barely moves his eyes and talks very softly. And how can he possibly do this thing that he's doing? I was at The Hague at Rio Plus 20 and I was on the stage with all these government leaders, you know, government ministers and top CEOs, thinking, jeez. Um, <laughs> so I'm slightly out of my depth at one level, right, because this is a global stage you're on. And then another level, seeing this, this soft-spoken guy, I thought, how does he get anything done? But then you've got to understand Unilever, which I do. I haven't worked inside and outside it for many years. My father was started his career there and my mother and, you know, you name it. So I understand Unilever, but I, I, I couldn't figure Paul out. But but look at the results. I mean, the guy's getting incredible results. He's working with that very special culture that they have. Mm-hmm. So um, I know we we're running out of time for this segment, but the, if I was to summarize those, you know, what did I learn from this whole experience in the last decade? I think that shadow is probably the top one. And when we talk about the pathways in the next segment, um, what I call vision and values, which is really the first pathway that holds people's values, human development together, and ensures a set of robust pathways into a thriving future. Um, I believe that's where the most focus has to be placed by level five and beyond leaders. Um, the on vision and values. Yeah, or on because, you know, yeah, renewable energy has hit the tipping point a long time ago. It's taken off. It's fantastic. Beyond anybody's wildest expectations, when we all watched an inconvenient truth with Al Gore droning on about how you know terrible everything was, and it was. 2006, things were bad. But we've come a long way in the last decade. That's way beyond expectations. However, in terms of cultural shifts and values and vision shifts, it's taking a very long time time to scale that up to mass scale to the mainstream mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i drove a hydrogen toyota last year in san diego and the water was coming in and water was drilling out the exhaust and I, I, you put your foot in the accelerator and you see it you see it's a little symbol on the dashboard that shows you how the air coming through the da- the, you know, the front fence is actually mixing with the hydrogen in the fuel cell beneath you in a bulletproof mm-hmm. container to create water to drive your car and it's, mm-hmm. and it's fast. I mean, it's really zipping. You can accelerate you know, like a Porsche. And it's, you're using air and, and hydrogen, you know. <laughs> Interesting. Oxygen and hydrogen. It's kind of amazing. Uh, so there's no shortage of energy, just a shortage of imagination. So on that note, let's go to break and we'll come back and talk about imagination and the six pathways. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network metcalf and associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders their management teams and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. 
Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're joining Robin Lincoln-Wood and Maureen Metcalf. And we're talking about Robin's book, Synergize. And so, Robin, before we left, uh, you alluded to the six pathways uh, for future leaders and organizations to position them to succeed. So what are those pathways? Can you tell us a little bit about them? Of course, Marie. Well, let me start with where we left off, which was values and visions for the 21st century. Lifestyles and work are shifting dramatically. We're looking at the end of jobs for a lot of people, robotization, AI, a million trends that we've all heard of and, and maybe scare us a little bit uh, at some level. But also there are fantastic opportunities with like with any new technologies if they're managed appropriately. So things like universal basic income, which uh, you know, Tesla, Musk and, and Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg and, and hundreds, well, hundreds of thousands of leaders are now calling for, which means we've got a cushion to fall back on so we can get people to be entrepreneurial and go out there and find their purpose and match that to what they, you know, what difference they can make in the world. That's, that's a big culture shift, though. I don't think it's going to happen with uh, boomers. I think us boomers who found our purpose early on in life are very lucky. Millennials definitely are going to crack that. And mm-hmm. that's one of the goals of Centerprise. We work with millennials as a core group to teach us, because they're the ones who are teaching us in this case, yeah? What they need well, and how we can do this. Well, and many sense? of my, yeah, I'm just thinking many of my clients want to be purposeful but they also know they have to pay the bills to put their kids through college and make the house payment so there's a balance between doing what I love 
and doing what I need to do to be a responsible adult in our yeah. our community. And exactly. those of us who get and both are really fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I would say if you can get 20% of what you love, then the 80% of stuff that you don't necessarily love, but that's needed to make the 20% possible, just mm-hmm. becomes natural, you know, like brushing your teeth kind of thing, right? It's a hygiene factor. You do it. <laughs> yeah. You sit through some boring meetings or hopefully stand, stand through some exciting meetings, but... You know, so that's values and visions. The second pathway to 2050 is really built around human learning and development for thrival. So here's how we, the next generation, and in the book I go into this in great detail, what's the future of education? What's the future of lifelong learning? Uh, this is the key. Learning and development now are no longer optional extras. They're the the, the, the rocket engine that gives us the thrust to be on purpose. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and, and stay the course. Stay the yeah. course on the course I mean, that's emerging and you're, you're burning people out. You're not regenerating human relationships, social capital, and knowledge capital. Now, those, those are the top end of the thrivability equation, those four things. And the synergy between those is absolutely like this. You really can't do one without the other, right? So... And that's where the six C's come in because they're strategic, but they're also relationship and socially oriented, environmentally contained. Mm-hmm. And the third pathway to 2050 is built around what we'd call the thrivable governance, economics, and finance cluster. So what I used to call integral governance in Renaissance too, and now thrivability is called, being called uh, thrivable governance, is really based around the fact that we designed the economy. We made it what it is, whether it's trickled down you know, which which we've never worked, but this is why we're in the mess we're in now. Uh, we designed that whole system. We designed the system of international relations, right? Um, but we're, we're transcending that, actually, with technology, with city-states becoming the new norm, yeah? Megacities driving the evolution of the species. Uh, we, we're having to take a whole new angle on um, how we do that. So moving on to the fourth uh, of the pathways, is the beautiful starting point of regenerative ecosystems, ocean forests, and and, um, food. Now, obviously, we couldn't do anything without that. That's like our natural capital. And I just love those stories about regenerating coral reefs because I'm a keen diver, we used to be. I love the stories about rainforests because I've been in a lot of rainforests and I'm absolutely gobsmacked by how amazing they are. Uh, And so, you know, broken by seeing them being shredded for palm oil and other terrible things, cattle. Um, You know, so this book is full of hopeful stories about people regenerating all of these things. And it's it's quite amazing how fast that can be done. Hmm. So there is hope. That's very important to remember. And there's opportunity. There's business to be done there, okay, in whatever industry you're in. Then the, uh, the fourth pathway, which is, sorry, We've done the fourth, which is regenerative ecosystems. Then we move on to number five, renewable energy, power, and resilient buildings. So the Tesla home is a great example of, you know, the roof tiles, the battery, the, the, the electric vehicle in the garage, a totally self-contained energetic unit that doesn't hurt the planet. Yeah? Okay, you've got to make a Tesla that has a footprint, sure, the battery, the, the tiles, but once you've got it in use as a cycle, it's a very green product. And there's millions of examples in the book about the latest green homes, green buildings, the green building award winners. I've been in a lot of these buildings myself. 
The environment is magical in some of these buildings, like the Deloitte headquarters in Amsterdam, incredible place. The coffee is incredibly good too, which is one of the funny <laughs> things I have to tell a little story about that. Coffee and getting people together and, you know, meeting up and having fun while you're working. Strange concept, but in a purpose-driven organization, that becomes the center of everything. And finally, thrivable habitats, mobility, and materials. So when you look at how do we run our cities, what are they made of, right? Imagine standing on a street corner one day in a very busy city and it's totally quiet. All you can hear is the gentle murmur of conversation of people walking past. There are vehicles, but they make no noise. They go past. They're autonomous. People are relaxing, reading the newspaper, digitally, of course, on their windscreen while the vehicle gets them from A to B. And then pick somebody else up. So we don't have private cars anymore. We don't need them. We've solved that problem, right? Um, imagine everything being pretty green and beautiful and plants and trees everywhere and, you know, green walls of moss. And it's almost like being in a city rainforest, yeah? Uh, and, and the people are actually smiling. They're not, not bumping into you like they do in New York City and, you know, knocking you off the pavement as you try and get from A to B there, they're smiling and relaxing and chilling. Mm. And maybe a little bit warmer, there's no question we're gonna have two degrees of warming and that's gonna change things. But, you know, there's, that, that, it, it's totally all to play for, that, that future world. And the millennials can see that. So let's, when you talk about the future world, let's shift to what's your biggest inspiration as we wrap up the show. Okay. Well, actually I'm gonna say the millennials amongst many others, but when I, I don't know which millennial some of these people on YouTube videos are talking about when they say they're the spoiled brats and la 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 la. I guess it's who you met with, right? But the millennials, I, the two of, two of them are my children, which are both inspirational in their own way. Um, my colleague in Project Synergize is a millennial, a brilliant documentary transmedia storyteller and creator, right? Um, They've got skills and mindsets that we'll just, we're just, I wouldn't say too old, but because you're never too old to learn new tricks. But quite frankly, the energy of the people that have switched on in that generation watching Zuckerberg today on his Harvard alumni address, wow. I mean, those, 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 that audience of millennials totally turned on, totally there with him, right? Not one of them was going, yeah, yeah, that's bullshit. It's just Mark Zuckerberg. He's a rich guy. He can say what he wants. No, they were all there. Yeah, purpose. We want to do that and be of service. So, you know, they fire me up. And, and, and one of the goals of Project Synergize, which is Project Synergize with an S, dot net, yeah, one word, uh, is to, to fire up those who are already in action around the planet. But, you know, it's pretty lonely being a maverick, a positive maverick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we call and, them positive deviants. Yeah, positive deviance, but I think deviance sounds too much like, a, you know, you're in a mental hospital. <laughs> <laughs> From statistical terms, you're, you're a statistically deviant, so it's a <laughs> socially deviant. Let's yeah. clarify that. Six Sigma deviance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm inspired by that, and of course, my friends and colleagues and all the people around the world who are part of the solution... That's part of the thrill of what gets me out of bed every day, apart from having living in this beautiful carbon neutral place that I designed and built myself out of an old chateau that was a ruin. And I decided to apply my philosophy to myself uh, and uh, create a carbon neutral place for not much, didn't cost a huge amount of money. Uh, but it took 14 years of my time and my beloved wife's time to 
creative design at the gardens, you know, the water features, everything, to be the vision I have of what the future could be like for all of us and to bring people here and get to share that. It is a beautiful place. So let's take the last minute and talk about how does being an integral practitioner inform all of this? And I realize some of our listeners don't know what integral practitioner is. So just quickly. Well, it's the four C's. So if you're, if you're simultaneously intuiting consciousness, capabilities, culture, and creations as in, a, in, a, in a seamless web of interactions and conversations and energizing purpose-led uh, action, yeah, you're in that space. You're in the integral space. You know, most of the integral leaders I know have never heard of integral leadership. I've been meeting them since I was a kid. And what, what turned me on was the fact that this was a person who seemed totally coherent. They walked their talk. They made me mm-hmm. feel good. They empowered me. I was so lucky. I had all these mentors my whole life, starting with my parents and then, you know, lots of mentors throughout my life. Um, and, and so it's been a privilege for me to pass that mentoring on, which is one of the things I love doing, without becoming a boring old fart. You know, on, on occasion, <laughs> we have to catch yourself and go, geez, I was, I was just a boring old fart for two minutes there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, so on that note, then let's wrap up. Why don't you give us, <laughs> because you're not a boring old fart, um, why, why don't you give us the contact information, for, again, for Project Synergize, give us the book and the spelling so people will know how to reach you. Thank you. So, so it's Synergize, S-Y-N-E-R-G-I-S-E, uh, exclamation mark. You put that in Amazon and you'll find it. Uh, that's the name of the book, 21st Century Leadership. The website Project Synergize, which is again Project Synergize, one word, S Y N E R G I S E, dot net, which is a transmedia website which will take you to all of the places we're at and how we interweave all of those things together to energize and lift off, which is the name of the documentary we're producing, which is going to be The Inconvenient Truth and Inconvenient Truth for Millennials. It's going to be a kind of a watershed moment. So, do you remember where you were when you were watching Lift Off? So when should that come out? Well, if our goal on Patreon to get patrons, which starts next week, succeeds, we're hoping to finish that by the end of this year. And then that's going to be a short film, 30 minutes. The full-length feature will be in 2018, which is once we're fully funded. And we're, what we're doing is we're not flying around the world to photograph people and video them. They're coming to us from all around the world with their cool things that they're doing. And we're then aligning them within the, the six pathways to show how the planet is actually co-evolving to that 2050 vision. And oh, then, cool. that, and well, you've got to create a feedback loop because everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're working in vacuum. It's so difficult. It's almost impossible doing this thing. Purpose, what are they talking about? Blah, 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 you know? But actually, it's happening. You and I just, and most people, are totally unaware of what's going on. That, I'll, I'll say that right now. The leaders on this planet have got almost no idea what's going on, which is why they all look clueless. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm going to bring us to a close. I'm not sure that's the inspirational note that I wanted to end with. But <laughs> for people who are interested in learning more about Synergize and Project Synergize and watching Robin's movie, he is on Facebook. He's got a website. He's on LinkedIn. 
Uh, you can find more information through me if anyone wants to email info at metcalf-associates.com or on Facebook, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. So, Robin, thank you. And to all of our listeners, I hope you have found this conversation with Robin and as, as rich and inspirational as I have and that you will hear things that you are able to put into your work and to inspire your thinking. And please do check out his book. Well, thank you, Maureen. It's been, a, 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 as always, a, a generative experience, which is the one, one thing I value most uh, in, in life. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 